Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I have a really cool dude on today, Aaron Sheeks. We're going to uh, we're going to dig deep and find out a little bit about this guy. Stay with us. And we're back. I want to bring Aaron Sheeks on. Aaron, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Hey, um, just so everybody knows, there is a little bit of an internet lag. Um, the internet gods are not not being very kind this morning, but that's all right. We'll get through it. <laughs> Amen. So, so Aaron, you know, I started this show about two and a half years ago to help people get unstuck. And, you know, I think that especially right now, man, there's a lot of people caught up in, in being stuck in, in what's going on in the world. And, um, you know, I think that if, if people can hear other people's life stories and how they got through things. It's motivating, man, and inspiring. So, you know, let's start with, with you talking about where you were born and raised. Yeah, so uh, actually not too terribly far from you in the great state of Ohio, born and raised in a little town called Ashland, Ohio, just north of Columbus there in between Cleveland and Columbus. Uh, family still lives there. We still, uh, you know, very near and dear to my heart. And then, um, yeah. And then I left, you know, left home at eight, at 18 to join the Navy and have been just kind of off chasing my adventure since, since leaving the heartland. Wow. So you went into the Navy. How long were you in the Navy? So I did 11 years active duty. Um, just under 11 years active duty, a couple years in the reserves. And that was, um, I always say it's the greatest experience of my life. It's something I'm massively thankful for. Uh, maybe the best decision of my life as well. I think I jokingly say getting out was maybe the next best decision because it was just time. And I think there's reasons that we'll probably go into today that, uh, that maybe justify that decision. But, um, yeah, over a decade, over a decade wow. in the Navy, it was, it was really my pleasure. That, that well, thank you for your service, number one, um, and and number two, my my brother spent ten years in the Navy, so he was he was actually in the um, he was over in the first Gulf War, so he that it was a while ago, but so so talk about yeah, what's that? Sorry, the lag caught us. So maybe just, yeah. I said the lag caught us, but a little before my time. But I I got to go around there the second time around. Yeah, did you? Wow. So so what was it that that I mean? You grew up here in Ohio, and actually Ashland is maybe forty five minutes from me, from where I live. So it's not far at all. Um, so, so talk, actually, it might not even be that far. It's right up 71. It's not far, 30 minutes maybe. But anyway, so um, talk a little bit about, so you went to high school and, and, and all in school in, in Ashland, right? And, and then did you go, so you didn't go to college? No, I, I did. So I, I went to college while I was on active duty. So really my the first kind of hurdle that I had to get to was, um, you know, coming out of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I wasn't sure which direction they're going to go. I wasn't really big enough or fast enough or strong enough to play sports on a, on a really high level. And um, hey, Larry and James, see you guys there. Um, so I, I, I really kind of had to figure out my path and I didn't know what that was going to be. Um, long family tradition, a little bit of Navy guys. And I said, you know what, maybe that's the route that I'm going to go. And then immediately, as soon as I started, you know, I was went through, you know, naval air crew training and learning how to fly and all the things that are along with that job. As soon as I could start going to school, 
I took night classes. I took, I had to go back and start over at like beginning algebra. Um, and I took multiple classes uh, throughout really my first seven years um, on active duty to try to earn my college degree. Um, funny. Oh, you, I lost you. Your microphone just muted. How about now? There you go. You're back. Yeah. How about now? So yeah, it's actually, it's a funny story. I took organic chemistry and a couple of biology classes while I was in Iraq or, and I was in Bahrain. And, and I remember uh, I had to go and ask for a raw chicken from the galley to, uh, wow. to be able to dissect it and take pictures and send it back to my biology teacher back home in the States. So here I am, 21 year old kid at the, you know, begging for a raw chicken piece up at the, uh, in, in Iraq at the galley so I could cut it open and take pictures with a Kodak Polaroid camera. Uh, things that just don't happen in this technology world. Now you said though, that you said you learned, you learned how to fly. So were you, an, you were a pilot in the Navy? So I started off as a crewman in the back of the planes. So in the airplane I flew in, uh, the P3 Orion classic mega beast of the U S Navy as we'll, as we'll call it. Um, unlovingly because it's really just a big, slow, old, uh, that they've finally decided to, to retire. Really. We, I was trained. Um, Hey Mark and Jen Gittner in the house. Uh, I was really trained to track submarines and that's really what we did, but there's, there's not a lot of those running around in the desert in Iraq. So, um, <laughs> different jobs came in that airplane and I really played fancy video games in the back for the first six or seven years. And then they wow. sent me back to school to move me to the front of the plane. So I, I got to experience kind of both ends of both the enlisted side of the house and then and then briefly on the officer side of the house before making my pivot into the private world. So you ended up flying that plane. Not that one. No. So, I in, oh. so going through flight school, I ended up flying little planes. And then, um, yeah, it's actually it's one of it's a story that I don't tell, Ken, to be completely honest. Um, <laughs> in flight school, this was uh, right Right about this time frame of my life, um, right about that time frame of my life, we were um, we were overmanned in Navy pilots. We we had massive. We were over budget, and President Obama said, "Look, we got to make big budget cuts. We've got to get rid of pilots." And um, so they started kind of thinning out the herd a little bit. And there was a program that I took advantage of to really get out. Um, they paid me to go into the reserves and to kind of jumpstart my life into the civilian career. So I was fortunate enough to do almost five years overseas and uh, my pleasure, Joe Ingram. Good to see you. It was, it was really my pleasure and, uh, and to do it. And I got to go overseas for four or five years. And I knew that um, as I creeped closer to 30, that I knew it was time to hang up the bag. It was time to put the, put the uniform back in the closet. I was ready to move on with the next phase of my life because mentally I wasn't ready to give what it required to me to do that job at the highest level. And it's not something that you can, um, that you can one and you can't dip your toe in the water in that in that lifestyle. And I knew it just wasn't for me anymore. And I had to make the I had to make a big boy decision to to pivot and do something else with my life. Wow. That was the first big pivot I ever made. That's and how so you were what uh, 28, maybe 29? 29. And I just said wow. the only thing I've ever known, you know, I lived a very comfortable lifestyle. They they paid for me to go to college. Um, and, and I said, you know what, it, this just isn't going to work for me anymore. And, and I was fortunate enough. I'm, you know, I, I shortly thereafter, I met my wife and, and, and these, all of these great things happened in my life because I made the decision to, to really put, it sounds really selfish to say now, but I put myself first before yeah. the mission that I dedicated myself to that first 10 years. Um, so I guess that's, that that's, brings that's, me full circle to those guys that still suited up and them up every morning. Incredible. Uh, dude, I don't think that's that's selfish in any way, man. You got to learn to take care of yourself, or or like you're going to be worthless to everybody else. So, I don't think that's selfish at all. So, so I, go ahead. No, I was just. I think you're right. I think I knew that I couldn't put a hundred percent into it, and and as I've learned, you know, in my you know these last even really ten years is. If I can't put 100% into it, I'm not going to do it. Um, right. I won't be as good as, as a, the standard I hold myself to, and I'm just going to be frustrated. So it was time to go do something else at a high level. 
So, so at some point you, you got out of the Navy, even out, out of the reserves and you started, um, working in the civilian world. And I'll tell you, my brother, my brother, he was in for six years and he got out for a year and he's like, screw this civilian crap. And he went back <laughs> and did four more years. And then he was like, screw this Navy crap. <laughs> and, and so, you know, because I think that especially for long-term service people, um, coming, coming from that world and trying to integrate into the civilian world and, and working a regular job or whatever is, is somewhat challenging. Did, did you find that to be challenging for yourself? Absolutely. So it's, um, it's, it's something that I talk about, you know, and with, with veterans all the time is that as a 19, 20 year old kid, I was in charge of, of 40 or 50 other people. Like we, we ran a multi-million dollar budget. We did, we did missions that saved people's lives and, and we could, and we saw it with our own two eyes and we can prove it. So when you, when you transition out of having this extreme level of responsibility that's entrusted you as, as really a child, no one should have given me this responsibility at 19. Um, right. You come out and you roll. What's that? I said, right. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, no, just absolutely no business. So it's transitioning into, I would say, the the regular world or the private sector, where now you're, uh, you know, maybe you're just you're just another line item on a balance sheet, or you're just another employee at another company. If you're not at the right company, or you don't work for the right leader, or you won't go to the right place you're just another number and you're just another paycheck and you're just getting gas at the gas pump like everybody else. And you start to feel like something's missing and it is, it is something yeah. missing. Like there's this greater power that we put on that uniform that ties you to a bigger purpose. And there's a reason that we, that we are so tight knit with each other because we're family. You just do things that immediately pull you in. And when you go back out into the private sector, you talking around the water cooler and Hey, good morning. It's not the same thing. So you feel like you feel like something from you. Yeah. Something was taken yeah. from you. If, you. if you didn't give it up, it feels like something's taken from you. Yeah. My, um, my brother tells a story about he he's six foot five and he was on a carrier. So, and, and he was in the first battle group that, that went over to the, the Gulf, the first Gulf war. And so He's, they, they started, they're the first ones that started flying the sorties and, and, you know, and he said, he, he had the top bunk and right above him was the flight deck pretty much. And he said, those planes come in 24 hours a day. They're flying sorties and, you know, you're trying to catch some, some sleep and just all of a sudden you hear this in the, the hydraulics and, and he's like, and you wake up for a second and then you just go back to sleep. I'm like, dude, that's, that just, that's terrible. It, you learn, uh, you learn very early to sleep anywhere, anytime, any place. We, uh, I, I tell a funny story when my kids won't go to sleep and they'll say, oh, I can't, it's too loud in my room or the, the, the whatever reason. And I, and I, they don't, they're not old enough to know this now, but we used to sleep like in a trailer next to the flight line where B2s used to take off at two o'clock in the morning and it would like rattle the whole thing. You'd, right. you'd wake up on the other side of the bed. And so now, you know, getting to sleep in a quiet, in a quiet suburban lifestyle, it, it, sometimes it's, honestly, it's, a, it's an adjustment period for a lot of us. I mean, I don't, I, I sleep better in an airplane traveling around to see clients than I do laying in bed. It's just something you get accustomed to for so long. Wow. No kidding. That's, that's incredible. So, so you, um, so you got out, how old were you when you, when you finally cut ties with the, with the military? I got out of the reserves just three years ago. So 30, I'm 36, oh. almost 37. I'm still a fairly young dude. Um, yeah. so yeah, I just got out of the reserves three years ago. I've only shaved my face, I think three times since then, maybe. Um, wow. and so really I, I just, up. I mean, I, I still fit into everything. Luckily, uh, give it some time. Maybe I won't, but yeah, it's been very, fairly recent. And I was fortunate enough to really start my automotive career while still in the Navy reserves. And then it offered me an opportunity to, 
you know, to, to work all day, but then still go. And on the weekends, I would still go and jump on an airplane or I'd go help do, you know, operations type stuff. And um, candidly, I probably would have stayed in the reserves, but they wanted to send me back to the Middle East. And it just at that time, you know, I was I was settling down. My oldest was, you know, was was one years old and I just wasn't willing um, I wasn't willing to go back to the Middle East for really anything at that point in my life. Hey, so I, it's, I, um, yeah, I, it's, I got I got to point out what Glenn Morshauer, Glenn, Glenn played agent Aaron Pierce on the TV show 24 for seven years. Did you see his comment? <laughs> I, 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 I was just seeing it. Hey, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Glenn uh, and guys with, with the name Aaron, we seem to have something figured out. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so um, Glenn's a good dude, man. So, so, so you, um, how did you, so you said you started your automotive career, like, you know, I'm not in the automotive business, but I know a lot of people in the automotive business for some reason. Um, how did you start your automotive career while you were still in the reserves? I mean, great question. I actually, um, I took a job with a government contractor teaching Taiwanese Air Force guys how to do my old job in the Navy. And, and it just, I just wasn't sure what I was going to do. And um, so I kind of bounced around for a few months. Hey, Scott, I, I substitute taught for a little while because when I went back to school, I ended up getting a couple of degrees. I taught for a little bit, knew I didn't want to do that. More respect for teachers than I could ever do. I did it for a month and there's no way I could do it for another month. Um, but I took a contract job. I knew I didn't want to go live in Taiwan. And and a good buddy of mine, I give him all the credit in the world, is Colin Haddock and said, dude, I got this guy I know. He's starting the software company in automotive. Maybe you want to give it a, give it a go. And um, so I did. I, I, I quit the big, big fancy paying job. I left all my naval experience behind me. And, and I took a massive pay cut to learn to sell uh, really a chat software um, to automotive dealers. And I just wow. started reading books and I started learning how to email correctly and how to talk to people the right way. And, and thankfully by the grace of God, I, I kind of picked it up quickly and, and naturally I was, I was raised by a really good salesperson, I suppose, and, and my grandfather uh, throughout the years. So some of these things start coming back and lessons that he taught me. And, and I was very fortunate to be part of a great product that blew up very quickly to, to, to really kind of just set my network and meet great folks like Lisa Copeland and, and folks that introduced me to the automotive industry that allowed me to really make a name for myself as a, as a young guy that, that brings a hundred percent to the table every single day. And, and never, uh, I don't stray off of my direction. I suppose there's no, I don't, I don't, I don't BS a whole lot. What you see is what you get from me, um, yeah. both in effort and in, in product and commitment. And that's, that goes a long way in the automotive side of the world. Dude, that's awesome, man. So you said you started selling is I right? Like, is that, is that what you still do? Really? So yeah. So good question. I am a sales. I am a sales person. That's what I am by trade. I'm, I'm fortunate enough now that um, I'm currently serving as the president of the auto miners. So uh, joined kind of joined with some partners. They've given me the opportunity to really chase my dreams and to, and to do what we've had the opportunity to do the last couple companies to to really go out with a great product, bring it to automotive dealers, bring value to their business, and support them in a way that that they that they want to be supported that way, and that they value and that impacts their business. And we just we just do good work for good people, and and fortunately and luckily enough, we're growing very very quickly for a for a fairly new project. We're we're on a really great trajectory, so grateful wow. to be part of it. That's awesome, dude. So you, you know, I, I, I think that there are, for most people, I think that there are these either moments, um, maybe an event or, or a, a person in our lives as children that kind of set the trajectory of who or what we become as an adult. And, and so when I say that, is there anybody that kind of pops into your head that like, yeah, that this person or this event or whatever kind of set me on my path? Mm. 
And that's a tough one to answer without getting a little emotional, Ken, to be, to be honest. Um, you can, you so can my, get emotional. From day it's one, cool. I, I, promised, I promised my kids I wouldn't cry on, on, live, on live Facebook. Um, but my, my dad is, has been my hero since day one. He still is wow. to this day. Uh, he taught me lessons being in a, in a blue collar town from a blue collar you know, family that we never went without anything, but we, we never had everything that we'd ever wanted, you know, but I was just very fortunate to, to grow up in a house where I had a lot of really different folks to impact me, but the very foundation of who I am and how I attack every single day is because I watched a man wake up and lace up his work boots to go work a job he hated, that he still works, that he hates, um, at a place that he hates going to, and he did it, and he did it for us, and now I'm going to try to get emotional. Uh, so it's, it's something that as a father now, I couldn't relate to a 22, 25, 29, yeah. I had no idea. Right. Uh, right. 36, father of four kids, um, he gave me the foundation of who I am and the discipline and to never do anything with ha with half an ass I whole ass everything if you will um <laughs> and 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 I've been fortunate that I had you know great folks you know you know my mom Becky came in and and, and her dad uh Barney came in and he was really a great businessman and taught me polished me I guess you could say and, and brought me refined into looking at things in a different way but without the foundation of just you better go work for it you better go take it because no one's going to give it to you and I don't want to hear you complaining if you don't have it. If I didn't have those fundamentals just set into me from him, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm sitting where I sit today. I think I'm still trying to figure some stuff out. So, lucky enough to learn from a from a great man who was willing to really sacrifice every single day for me. That's dude. That's awesome. And and for the record, <clears throat> I think getting emotional is is freaking awesome, man. I think that society. <clears throat> excuse me, has programmed men to believe that it's not okay. And Glenn, Glenn Morshower talks about this. You know, he's like, you think God accidentally installed tear ducts into the eyes of, of the male, male species. <laughs> like, come on, man, there's nothing wrong with it. I think that it's, it's awesome. So when, you know, so you have a, you had a great role model growing up. Did as a kid, as, as a kid, did you, were you like, um, one thing I started doing with our, our, my, my 10 year old daughter is, is, um, I just started paying her an allowance every week, but she has things that she has to do to earn that allowance. And if she doesn't do it, she doesn't get her allowance. And, and she knows that, right? So, and, and because there are no free rides in this world, there just, there just isn't. And, and so, you know, I want, I want my kids to no, realize. I think, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry for jumping in no, here. I think fine. I'm trying to instill similar values with, with my kids and my oldest is about to be seven. So we're starting to creep into an age where she wants things and the value of money is now becoming um, I won't say that she understands it, um, but that right. she understands that things cost money now and that you don't get it because because mommy and daddy pay for everything. I was lucky enough that that wasn't an option necessarily. Like if you want a car, you better go get a job so you can go buy your car. And my parents helped me. I'm not going to say they didn't. They didn't help me. But this wasn't something that like there wasn't going to be one waiting in the driveway when I the day I turned 16 with a big bow on it. If if you want something in life, you're going to have to go earn it. And that was that was just something that was never an option in my house. And I'd like to think, although I'm probably not doing a very good job, candidly, will will not spoil my kids to a point where they will struggle a little bit so they appreciate what they actually have. I think it was um, Shakespeare or one of those really smart dudes that said, um, the greatest disservice we do to our children is to steal away their hunger. And, and, you know, that just rings in my head, man. Every time my daughter, you know, they, they, she has all these games on her phone and the computer and iPad, and she wants to buy coins for this one or what. And I'm, and I, I'm like, what's cause we got her a debit card and, and said, Hey, look, you want something, 
you have to earn it and I'll put money on your debit card. And if you want to buy those coins, it's coming out of your money, not mine. <laughs> so, so, and, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's different for her now. It's different because she, she, um, she's starting to get it like, oh, I'm almost out of money. I better work. <laughs> you know, so, so I, I, I mean, I'm trying to, you know, because I don't want to I, I, look, I know I get it. And I, I know you do when with your kids, you're like, I, the, you just look into their little eyes and you, you think, man, I, I want to give you the world. I want to give you everything. But, but the reality is life is not easy and, and it will kick your ass if you aren't ready for it. One hundred percent. And will um, if you're if you haven't learned how to go take care of yourself or how to go get it, and you've relied on someone else, whether that's a parent or a sibling or a whatever, to get stuff for you, you live your life with your hand out. And when yeah. the, people stop putting things in it, you don't know what to do. Then you then they, then it's this emotional eruption. It's just giant emotional eruption of. Oh my gosh! I'm, how am I going to do this? Or how am I going to pay my bills? Or how am I going to? And then you, and then it just starts to spiral. And it all started because you just couldn't take care of the fundamental principles you needed to survive as yeah. an individual. Not even taking care of folks around you, just you as an individual. And that that's a tough lesson to learn if no one's going to allow you to learn it. So true, man. It's so true. So. You know, growing up, you saw these like you you had a great role model. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people do not get that growing up. So you had this great role model. Um, did you start when you were a kid? Did you start working? Did you start doing things to to earn your own way, earn your own money? Did you get a job as a teenager? How did that go? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, my very first job is I used to umpire Little League baseball and softball games. So so my mom, Becky, at the time kind of helped manage the umpires association for the local Little League teams. And they needed they just needed umpires. People wouldn't show up or they wouldn't do it. We lived close to the ball fields and I was a catcher and I just lived on the ball field. So I would go out and I started calling balls and strikes. And I did that all the way through high school. And, and that's actually I bought my first car with umpiring money. Uh, wow. I, you know, all of these things that as a teenager, you know, 35 bucks a game was a lot of money as a, as a teenager. And um, it allowed me to do lots of other things. I've never worked just one job ever in my life. I, I bagged groceries. I worked at a butcher shop. I detailed cars. I, I was always, I worked at a Ponderosa on a flat iron grill, all random stuff. I mean, just always worked one or two jobs to be able to get what I wanted and to get where I wanted to go, whether that was physically or um, or in life because I just didn't have the resources or the assets to get there if I didn't go figure it out how to get there on my own. To this day, always doing more than one thing. That's that's see that's that's what it takes, man. That's absolutely what it takes to to succeed at anything. You know, um, Joe uh, Joe Ingram. A lot of people. I am I am an affiliate for so many things like so many things so when when somebody's like oh i need to get da 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 i'm like hold on i have a link for that <laughs> cuz cuz I, I you know i get paid on that so you know i think that it's important that people do learn how to to have multiple streams of income and never rely on just one source what how do you feel about that it sounds like you're on the same page if you're relying on one source of income, you're one point away from failure. And um, so for me, it was never, I never had one source. To this day, I don't. I mean, I left the big agency job to come come run this new upstart company. I consult with my own consulting company. I sing and play guitar once or twice a month uh, out in local restaurants and stuff. Um, wow. I've always, I mean, I got my master's degree on the side because the Navy would pay back to school. I mean, there's always been two or three or four things. And even when I first, when I was starting at, at a company called Goobagoo and I was, I literally was just figuring out how this private world was going to be. I played music five nights a week, every single night until two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. And then I'd get up back up at five thirty six AM to go back for Navy leadership class or back to school or whatever it had to be. 
and it just, I've never been, I've never had the luxury. Um, that's funny. I've never had the luxury of, um, of just being able to sit and relax. Like there's just so much to do and I've got so many things that I want to get accomplished that why wait? I mean, I could do it now, put it off till tomorrow. I could just do it right now. How do you feel about, um, and, and this is almost, this is a rhetorical question. I think I know the answer. Um, but like, how do you feel about self-education? I think if you're going to educate yourself, you have to be critical of the sources you provide to yourself. Um, it, there's a lot of research and there's a lot of time. There's a lot of really smart people that go into making uh, a college class, you know, uh, whatever you're going to study or, or whatever your syllabus is going to be. And there's a lot of thought that goes into that. So if you want to educate yourself, you, you better be willing to put in the same amount of planning and research and thought into how to round yourself out completely. So you're not just educating yourself towards one bias or on one specific subject, because then you're only like one tool can do one job, but, but a multi-purpose tool can, can be applied in lots of different places. And if you're going to educate yourself, you, you better know how to do more than one thing or one trick pony, if you will, if not. So salespeople, self-education, self-help, there's a mentor on every corner. There's someone, yeah. some, you know, internet millionaire trying to give you advice every 20 minutes on, on Facebook. If yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think there's a lot of people that have been very successful in doing these types of things. My challenge is always look at it from another angle. So if, if this guy says, this is how he did it, well, what, is there another way to get there? And how did that guy do it? And what did he read to get there? You know, like you got to balance yourself out on multiple ends or otherwise you're, especially as a sales guy, you're not truly relatable. So true, man. So true. I think that, that, you know, well, it was Jim Rohn that said a formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. And, and I, I, what I've seen with people I've employed over the years is they may have a college degree that they got 20 years ago and that's where their education stopped. And it's like, dude, no, that the life is every single day. You got to wait. I mean, I wake up and read every single day of my life and, and, and I have for, I didn't go to college. So I always felt like the underdog. I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I, I gotta, I gotta consume as much as I can. And then what you said, you've got to kind of disseminate through, what what works for you and what doesn't you know and and in the trajectory that you're on so mm -hmm. so with so do you read a lot do you have do you read books a lot i'm a i'm a, I'm a reader I, I become uh for better or for worse because I'm, i have four kids and i run a couple companies i'm a big audible person now so yeah. you know every every day on the run on the walk you know i'm listening to I'm listening to a book or the next guy and, you know, whether it's Jeff, you know, Gitmer or it's, it's Chris Martinez or it's Frank Lopes or it's these guys that are either in my space or have, you know, different versions of running businesses. I'm, I'm constantly intaking new information from lots of different, from lots of different sources. If nothing else to see if, am I on the right track? Do I do the same things that these people do? Am I following right. in, you know, a different way to be successful? And then every once in a while, I hold my own feet to the fire and I, I go back and I read something that maybe I know I'm not doing. Um, and how, like how to win friends and influence people. Very first book I ever read made a huge impact on my professional career. And I know for a fact that I'm not doing it all. So I've, I challenge myself to go back and say, well, you read this and thought it was a good idea. Why don't you do it? Practice, right. you know, why don't you put it into play? So always, always, always. That book, I think every single person on planet earth needs to read that book like the world would be a better place. It, it would be. It, it would be more uh, respectful, polite place. That's for sure. It's it. I, I always look at it as it's a way to not only educate yourself and round yourself out, but also be a real gentleman in my case and personal interaction and how to actually yeah. deal with people both in business and out. Um, that's the biggest takeaway for me is, you know, walk right, talk right, treat people right. And business yeah. seems to get a whole lot easier. It does. 
Totally agree with that, man. Totally agree. So, so, um, and and because uh, because of the the there's an there's a significant delay. I don't know if everybody else can tell, but you and I definitely can tell. Um, but it, it, you know, we're probably gonna have to cut this a little bit shorter than normal. I, it, it's I it, it it's not the message isn't coming through as clear as as we either one of us would like. But I do have this question, and I I definitely ask everybody this question. Um, in in life, I mean, dude, you, you've seen people with that you, you have a conversation with somebody and you're like, wow, that person is they have so much potential, but they don't ever tap into it. And and, you know, there and that's that's the majority of society, unfortunately. What do you think? In your personal opinion, what do you think holds most people back from experiencing true happiness and true success in life? That one's deep. That's deep. That's a pretty deep question. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a, a fairly deep answer with my with my my massive psychology skills here. Uh, I think people like to be told they're pretty. People like to feel good. They like to win. And if that isn't easy and that doesn't happen all the time, then it's really easy to quit. It's really easy to walk away to say, maybe it's not meant for me. Maybe I should just stay at that job. Maybe my parents are right. Maybe, maybe my teachers were right. Maybe I can't do this because it doesn't make you feel good to fail. And, and I don't think it's a, a, a mental thing. I don't think it's a, a physical capability thing in most people's case. I think most folks, are mentally capable, are physically capable, are, are actually able to do all of their dreams and all of their goals. It's the emotional, it's the emotional intelligence to be able to know the difference between losing and like and giving up or losing and not and moving forward or knowing that you don't have to feel good every day to win every day. Um, and I'll, and I'll wrap up here with the story because I think it's it's relevant and I know our lag is really terrible. So hopefully this is coming across okay. Um, it's, you're, I found it's, myself doing this on Monday. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, so on, on Monday, I had a challenging day at work. Many of us do. It's a hard one. I have, I'm having some issues you know, with timing and, and rolling things out in my business that I think just as business owners and folks, you can understand. And I, and I for a minute... I allowed myself to feel like a little self pity and say like, man, this was a really hard day. Like you should just, just quit early, go hang out with your kids and, and just chalk it up. And, um, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. Sometimes it's the right thing to do, but I had a lot to get done and I emotionally yeah. and mentally just checked out. And, um, and it, and it, and it's funny. I, I later on that night, I ended up working until three in the morning. My partners are amazing. And my, you know, we get on board and we get, we ended up getting everything done. And the next morning on Facebook, I posted a picture of myself tired on Facebook. You can look. Um, yeah. And a friend of mine who knows me from, you know, knows me. She's, she understands how I work. We've worked together. She knows how I think. She says, she made a comment that said, like, your pity party of one is, is not being taken by anybody. including uh, <laughs> You know, your daughter sitting on lap. And, and she's so like, I, after, you know, this is the next day. And I'd already came back and been like, oh, you're. Like, why, like, why would you, like, even though it's real emotion and I think you should show real genuine things on Facebook, it's not all butterflies and rainbows. Right. Like, why did I allow myself to check out? Why did I allow myself to leave a, a really good headspace of moving forward and winning? And she called me out on it because good friends do call you out on your bull. And she did. And even though I caught it the next day, she says it and, and it just brings the biggest smile to my face to know that one, I have really great friends that are willing to hold me accountable to my actions and my words. Um, but that I, that you're never immune to feeling this way. That you're never in a in a place where I, you know you're super successful or just figuring it out like me, or maybe you haven't got there yet, where you can check out and stop trying to figure out how to solve your problems or to move forward or to get better. And you you have to have that whole kind of togetherness, if you will, uh, yeah. to keep yourself buttoned up. And keep yourself moving forward with, you know, head up high and chin moving forward because that's that's the person that people want to work with, that they want to be around, that they want to raise their families with. 
not the not the oh, the boohoo shame on me man I had a hard day man I'm really tired those types of things are are great and real and maybe we talk about them but you you have to allow yourself to 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 kind of recenter get back after it and put your energy back towards in a positive productive place you know I um I've done website development for 26 years or something and 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 one one day I wake up and find out that somewhere in the vicinity of 200 of my clients' websites got hacked in one night and, and taken down. And it was a, it, it, it was, it was a, I, my phone, literally my phone battery like started to die because I was getting so many calls and messages and, um, and we, we got everything, you know, all my developers working on putting the, puzzle back together and 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 i just i i I, at that moment i was like i'm gonna lose my freaking mind if i don't turn this phone off and 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 go get it together so i turned the phone off and i went and played golf (laughs) and 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 i did not fit and look there's there's a million times i will i i you know, out on that golf course that day that the, the feeling of guilt overtook me, but I'm like, I, I can't do anything about this. So I'm just going to stay in the moment and, and, and deal with this my way. And it, guess what? Nobody's world is going to, nobody's going to die as a result of this. I might have a heart attack if I stay in it. So I'm just going to disconnect from this for a minute and, and, and just like, it, it'll it'll work itself out and it did but but like you know i think that people forget that i th- i think we're too hard on ourselves sometimes like we forget that you know there there's you have to take care of yourself because at the end of the day all of that that emotion that negativity it, it'll kill you it'll literally end your life and and that's not a good place to be. No, no, I don't think. And, and realistically, you can't stay there and not feel terrible and not notice. So you have to, you either are, are willing to to live in it and and just drown yourself in this this self consumed guilt or you know of it, or you're just like you know what, I'm on, on to the next one. I can't do anything about it. I'm going to let it go. And I don't think that I'm very good at it. Can I, I think for the record, if you ask anyone who knows me, I'm a massive ball of stress walking around trying to solve the world's problems all at one time. So I, I can't say that I'm very good at it, but knowing that at the end of the day, the kids go to bed, you know, it's quiet in the house. I can stop and I'm like, okay, Aaron, enough's enough. Like get your stuff together, get ready for tomorrow. And, um, and, and I've been fortunate enough that so far that, that's working out, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, here's the thing. We're all, we're all out here working our faces off to, to do whatever it is we're trying to do. But at the end of the day, man, there there's, they don't make hearsts with luggage racks. So we, we ain't taking any of it with us. You know, it, it, it it's it just, Sometimes you just have to step back, take a big old deep breath and relax and, and, and just know that it's going to be okay. So, so, you know, there was this time though, that I, I had my, my agency for, for quite a while, a couple, well, a few years, I was still pretty new and, and, um, everybody was getting paid in my company except for me. And so one day uh, uh, an employee comes walking in he goes, uh, Hey boss, there's a dude out in the parking lot looking in the windows of your SUV. And I go, well, tell him to get the hell out of here. What are you doing? And he goes, well, I would, but he has it blocked with his tow truck. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, that's not good. That is really a bad sign. And so that was a terrible day. I mean, honestly, it felt like the entire world was collapsing in on me. And, and, you know, there are people, dude, right now, there are people that, that this, this COVID thing, like it's, it's, it's crushed. I I heard yesterday of a big giant retailer just went bankrupt yesterday, Lords and Taylor or something like that. And, and, you know, 
like it's really had a negative impact on a lot of people. So if somebody called you up right now and said, man, everything I'm doing is not working. I don't know which way is up. Can you, can you give me some advice? Tell me what to do. Help me get through this moment. What would you say to that person in, in the moment, Aaron, to help them get, get past, past that, that moment? If, if you want things to change, you have to be the change. You can't talk about it. You can't ask somebody to do it for you. You can't hope and wish and pray that things are going to be different. You got to, you have to be the change and make action. And I think it's on my board, like action equals results every single time. Action equals results. Not, not talking about it, not talking to people who talk about it. Like people that want to get stuff done, take action and they get it done. So if you're stuck and you're in a place where I don't know where to go, or maybe you got laid off or maybe you got furloughed or, and, and look, things happen. I went to the, my, my dry cleaners of the last four years yesterday because I'm going on business trips next week. And they went out of business because of COVID. And oh. if you're in one of these situations where like life threw you a ball, you're totally stuck. You don't know where to go. Sit down, figure out what you can do that you can offer to somebody else to solve their problem, to give back to somebody else, to help fix a problem for somebody else, because then you're valuable. Repeat that. Do that. Do that again. Be valuable to somebody else or somebody else's business or someone else's life where they value you bring it. And you will find that when you start solving people's problems, that they will start solving yours for you. If you don't have enough money, solve enough problems, you'll have enough money from solving those problems. If you're, you're confused on where to go with your passion or what you're doing, go do something for somebody. Figure out if that's what you like doing or not, or if that's a problem you never want to deal with ever again. And you know whether you want to follow that path or you don't. But the one thing you can't do is sit in your house and stream Netflix all day and talk on Facebook about whatever random political madness is being put out by the media on everybody's side of the world yeah. and just say, well, poor me and I'll wait until and I'm going to wait for this next bill of whatever they're trying to do in, in, in DC, like get up, put action into your life, repeat that action and figure out if you want to do it again tomorrow or not. That's it. That's dude. That. It's perfect. You're right. I, I, you're right, man. I, I, that what's funny is I was interviewed last night on a podcast out of Bali and, um, the dude asked me towards the end, he's like, you know, what, what's your biggest takeaway or, you know, piece of advice you would give anyone. And, and I said almost not exactly the same thing, but I said, you got to give to other people, man, you got to figure that out. And, and the, the more that you give and you try, you make the attempt to help other people, what you just said, man, the more you try to help other people, the more, the more the universe just kind of opens up and says, here you go. You, you're a hundred percent right. I mean, the more you give, the more you get back. Um, it just, it just happens. And I think, Maybe we as, as, a, as an American society tend to be a little more self-focused on what we do for ourselves. Uh, I think that's, that's easy to do. We all, you know, you, you look at your bank account, you live in your house, you sleep in your bed. But when you start thinking about how you can do things for others, especially in the business world, you'll find that the house you live in and the bed that you're in are less important than, than what you did throughout the day before you, before you got there. And um, that's the stuff that I lay in bed thinking about it. It's not whether I'm, I'm going to go get a new truck or if I'm going to go buy this thing. It's, it's crap. I didn't, they asked me to help them and I didn't get back to them today. Like I didn't get everything done that I needed to do. So my team could move forward. Like yeah. they're waiting on me to hold up my end of the deal so that they can solve their problem. Even the employees in my business, like they know what I have high expectations of them just like they do of me. And if I don't do what I need to do for them, and serve them because at the end of the day, that's that's who you are as a leader. If I don't do that for them, well, then they can't achieve their goals. And they're so I'm I'm not solving their problems and being them. And it's hard it's hard to reap that when when you're sowing, you know, the wrong type of message to people that work for you or people that work with you. That's dude. That's so awesome. I I want to I want to get you get you back on another time as well. 
I, I think, man, for how old? You're 36? I'm 36. That's insane, man. You have a lot of wisdom for 36 years old, bro. Seriously. A lot of wisdom. I've had uh, I've had some of the most amazing teachers. Uh, still do, still do to this day. So I'm just grateful that people have thought enough to me to to pour into me a little bit. And um, and look, if if being this talking head uh, allows me to, to help other people and to find their purpose or to be successful in their lives, uh, it's all it's all worth it. It's all worth it in the end. And it's and I'm I'm only gonna feel better and benefit by doing it by helping them. So just appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Let's do it again without the crazy lag. There is some lag, but the, Hey, uh, before, before we end this, um, how would everybody follow you and, and is, is so social media wise, do you have a website? Yeah. So, um, you can follow me personally on Facebook. I'm, I'm kind of an open book. You can find me there. Aaron sheets. No, no real secrets here. Uh, theautominer.com. Go check out the company website if you're in automotive land. Haven't heard of us yet. Doing some exciting stuff there. So you can check us out there. Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. I don't Twitter necessarily, so don't 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 hit me there. I might not see it for a year or so. But um, you know, all of the standard, normal, I guess, channels of communication for someone who's entirely too business too busy to be on social media. Find me on those ones. Aaron, thank you so much for being on today, man. You're a rock star. Stay with me. I'm going to end this. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I'm going to end the live stream. Pardon me. And um, just stay with me, though, for a second so I can chat with you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate everybody. If you shared this out, you rock. Aaron, thank you so much, dude.